In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Our text for today is the Gospel reading according to St. Matthew, which I've already read. What does it mean to have a God? Well, when we think of the term God, we usually think of a supernatural being that is above all things. And in one sense, that's absolutely correct. So when God says in the scriptures, you shall have no other gods, he is saying, don't worship Baal, Asherah, Zeus, Allah, or whatever God the religious people in the world put forward as viable options. But listen carefully to Jesus' words from the, from the text. He says, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. With these words, Jesus begins to flesh out for us the full extent of the first commandment. Money, in this sense, can certainly be a master over us, a god, if you will. But how can that be? Well, Jesus makes this statement in a greater context than what we just read. It's from the Sermon on the Mount, so Jesus has a lot that he said. But just before this, in chapter 6, I mean, literally, the immediately previous verses, Jesus says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words... Whatever we fear losing, whatever we devote our lives to protecting and increasing, whatever we trust in for our comfort and safety, that thing, whatever it may be, is God. Dr. Luther says in his large catechism, a God must, a God means that that from which we are to expect all good and to which we are to take refuge in all distress. So to have a God is nothing else to trust and believe him from the whole heart. As I have often said, that the confidence and faith of the heart alone make both God and an idol. So whatever we fear, love, and trust in above all things becomes our God. The human heart, says Luther, is a skilled sculptor of idols. But what does that have to do with the rest of our text? In fact, if you picked up your pew Bibles and you read the text for today, you'll see that there's a division between those verses that I've been meditating on here a little bit, where Jesus says the stuff about not serving two masters. There's a division right after that before Jesus launches into the rest of the text. They're part of a different section according to the editors of our Bible. But it's important for us to remember that those titles are not divinely inspired. They are helpful sometimes in finding things if we don't know exactly what verse they are in, but they are not put there by the Holy Spirit. 
In fact, I would say the fact that there's a title between the opening verses of our text and the rest of it is a little misleading. Because the rest of our text starts with the word, therefore. And when you read the Bible, or when you're talking to anybody, and you come across the word, therefore, you got to find out what the therefore is there for. So Jesus says, you can't serve two masters. Either serve God, the true God, or you serve another master. Those are the two options. Therefore, says Jesus, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Here Jesus wants to take wants us to take a look at what we think is essential so that we might put those things in their proper place. In other words, where do things like food and drink and clothing fall on the list of our priorities? In school, and I want to say it was in college, I remember learning about something called Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. Have you ever heard of this? It's basically a pyramid that kind of categorizes everything in this life into what we need. And at the foundation of this pyramid are the basics, food, drink, warmth, and rest. By mentioning what we eat, drink, and wear, Jesus is tackling that foundation. A human being cannot survive long without these things. And yet, Jesus says, do not be anxious about your life. Don't spend so much time worrying about it. Life is more than that, he says. If you've ever had to worry about basic needs, this is a bit of a hard pill to swallow, especially if you've been taught what the small catechism says about the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer. God certainly gives daily bread to everyone without our prayers. Now, in speaking with some, I know that this is a struggle that some have faced. I love to think about the time that my family and I were at the seminary. Andrea and I were relatively newly married. Naomi came along in our second year. Andrea was working at the Lutheran school, and I had a job on campus that amounted to about 10 or 15 hours a week. And I look back on that time, and I still don't know how we made it. It was certainly only by God's provision. When we were on Vicarage, our financial situation didn't improve very much. Colin came along, and the rent in the resort town that we lived in was high. And yet, God preserved us. Life is more than food and clothing. Now, even though not everyone has faced this kind of lack, this lack of basic needs, we are all facing something together, and that is the threat of this pandemic. Our world is consumed with worry and fear over this thing going on now about six months. That's a half of a whole year. People have died from this thing, which means that it's not nothing. But on the other hand, people of goodwill can and will disagree on how things have been handled. 
It certainly doesn't help that we have received contradicting reports on things like how it's transmitted, what can prevent the spread, and how it affects certain populations. I remember back in the beginning, it seemed like on a day-to-day basis, we were told one thing at the beginning of the day, and at the end of the day, it was something else. I don't even want to wade into the whole debate about the vaccine. Don't even ask me about it, please. But what troubles me the most about this is that I continue to hear people say that we are never going back. My least favorite phrase right now is, this is the new normal. In fact, I hate that phrase. There's not a lot that I hate, but I hate this phrase. And the St. Louis Cardinals. But I hate the, the phrase, this is the new normal. I'm told that this is our existence from now on. What this indicates is that we have given ourselves over to fear in such a way that it may actually be impossible for us to go back. What does Jesus say? What is your treasure? Where is your heart set? Life does not consist of food and clothing, so what does it consist of? Jesus says that your heavenly Father knows what you need. After all, he did create you. He sent his Son into the flesh, just like you are. Is this earthly life our treasure? Or is it something else? If God will feed a bunch of free-loading birds and he'll clothe the grass of the field which comes and goes. I mean, just a few weeks ago, our yard was as green as it could as all get out, and now it's brown and crunchy. If he will clothe the grass with splendor that surpasses Solomon, how much more will he clothe and feed you, O you of little faith? Aren't you much more valuable to God than birds and grass? The answer, of course, is yes, you are. People loved by God, you are so valuable to our Father that he did not spare his only son, but gave him up for you. You were bought with the high price of Christ's holy and precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death. One of my favorite hymns, I think it's in the Redeemer section, called O Love How Deep, puts it like this. O love how deep, how broad, how high, beyond all thought and fantasy, that God, the Son of God, should take our mortal form for mortals' sake. He sent no angel to our race of higher or of lower place, but wore the robe of human frame. And to this world himself he came. The treasure for the Christian is not found in anything in this earthly life. Jesus tells us exactly what our hearts should be set on. That is what we should be seeking after. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. 
Jesus' righteousness was given you as a robe to wear at your baptism. And he gives it here again this morning in his very body and blood. And this is why in the liturgy of the sacrament, by the way, we we paraphrase St. Paul and we say, lift up your hearts, we lift them up unto the Lord. In the words of St. Paul, he says, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth, for you have died. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. What is your treasure? It is Christ. Christ is your treasure and Christ is your life. We cannot let this virus run our lives any longer. For to do so gives it way more power than it really has, and it makes our earthly lives our treasure. I can't guarantee your safety here. I'll just say it. Nobody can. Christ doesn't even make that guarantee. In fact, he does guarantee that you will suffer in this life. But he also guarantees that you have his righteousness from the font and from the altar. And he guarantees that he will work all things together for your good. As if that's not enough. Jesus says in conclusion, Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. In other words, there's more than enough today to worry about. We can't control what's going to happen tomorrow. But Christ knows the evil that we will face today and tomorrow because he has borne those things in his body. So let us learn to pray for daily bread. That is what we need right now at this very moment. For in so doing, our Father in heaven teaches us to live by faith in him and according to his mercy alone. With that being said, let us allow God's word, the word of the gospel lesson today, not only inform our lives out there, but most especially in here, in the household of faith, where Jesus comes to meet us with his very body and his blood. In Jesus' name. And now the peace of God, which passes all understanding, Keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord.